Oh, oh, one more thing. Just One More Thing, a podcast about Colombo. I'm R.J. White. And I'm John Morris. On this episode, we'll be discussing an exercise in fatality. Originally broadcast September 15th, 1974. Directed by Bernard Kowalski. Written by Peter S. Fisher and Larry Cohen. And starring Robert Conrad, Pat Harrington Jr., Gretchen Corbett, Colin Wilcox, Philip Bruns, and of course, Peter Falk as Columbo. And each time we're joined by a special guest this time around, it's Philip Dias Nugent. But before we bring him on, John. Yes, RJ. How do we keep up the quality? <laughs> uh, well, we do it like this. Robert Conrad plays Milo Janus, a skeevy Charles Atlas type with his fingers in a whole bunch of illicit pies, which coincidentally is the only thing his dedicated health regimen allows him to do with pies. His network of Milo Janus health spa franchises is built on a web of double dipping and fraud, as franchise owner Gene Stafford discovers over a greasy desk laden with sweaty takeout boxes full of fried pork. The nearly paranoid Janus leaves Stafford's strangled corpse pinned underneath a barbell and uses a snippet of reel-to-reel tape to establish his alibi at an X-rated movie party back in uh, his eat sweet beachside bungalow. You can't bench-press away allegations of monetary impropriety, though, and before long, the jump rope of lies is tangled around Milo's muscular ankles. (laughs) Can a suddenly health-conscious Columbo outpace this homicidal health nut, or will he max out at a low rep and blow a quad? Apparently not. Uh, So welcome, Philip, to the show. I'm I'm wondering, um, what, what is your experience with Columbo over the years? Uh, it's on, you know, it was on TV. That's so a good start. It. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was there. I grew up in a house where the television was always on mm-hmm. to quote David Byrne. <laughs> yes. And, you know, I, I used, I watched the show as a kid, didn't always get it. I, I, I knew the mad magazine version before I knew the show. <laughs> so, actually, yeah, no, actually, yeah, growing up, that was a lot of stuff for me, too, where you'd read it mad or cracked, like, the parody, and, like, ah, oh, it's great, but then you see, like, oh, now I actually get what the heck they were making fun of. Yeah, yeah so so I came in knowing the cliches, which mm-hmm. was which was nice. I, I, I knew that Columbo comes in, and he suspects the richest guy he can find, and builds a case on the most ridiculous evidence he can possibly find it's all circumstantial and then they cut to the credits before the uh guest murderer sues the city for false arrest and this one actually uh there's a strong case for that in this one there's an enormous case in this one yes for that the the second after they the freeze frame robert conrad owns his house there's no (laughs) yeah no, but, actually, this one, he had a pretty good case, but yeah, it's not the most solid of things. Actually, yeah, yeah. now I wonder if that's why Columbo dresses so shabbily. Because <laughs> everyone's always suing him. Yeah, just constantly sued by the wealthiest <laughs> people in California. Oh, his poor wife, poor Mrs. Columbo. He's got a great clearance rate, but he's been sued to non-existence. Yes, and we, pretty much. we did find out a little something about that relationship, which is that Columbo likes him with a little meat on their bones. Yes, yeah. exactly. Right. I think it's fair to say Columbo's Anaconda do not want none. Exactly. Unless it's got Buns Hun. Exactly. Mrs. Columbo, she got the badonka donk. He's a happy camper. 
<laughs> I'm loving, I'm loving, you know, for some reason, this actually perfectly fits my mental image of Mrs. Columbo. A little bit, yeah. Well, I've, actually, got her, I, I, I've got her in a Lady Bird Johnson hairdo, though. No, oh, I uh, can't be helped. It ruins it for me. Um, hey, half the family's coming over. You want the <laughs> Well, let's let, let's let's start with that thing uh, because this for me has one of the nicest, uh, kind of deepest, most personal uh, Mrs. Columbo Columbo uh, scenes yeah. in the series uh, yeah. when he's at the um, the gym, the depressing, terrible gym, the oppressive, <laughs> horrible gym. basement of some. 60s parents rec room gym and there's pop a phone call is oh my god a, pop culture is an ever unfolding photo album of where we are and where we have been and the but that the, yeah oh this gym is terrible it's 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 a it's just before you know this 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 gym and the ones in like 80s movies like flash dance and perfect oh you know, it's it's, it's night and day night and day there's no, yeah. well, but then you, but then I'm thinking about this place. Like, is it indicative of what uh, gymnasium kind of like your Vic Tanny joints were like back then? It must, or would they did, just did been a middle aged sweat hell on earth? You know. Well, I, I didn't should, know if, uh, if it was I that. Jump in or, here and sorry. point out that Bernard Kowalski, the same man who directed Death Lends a Hand, oh. did this episode, and we know that he tries for. Very dramatic shots, and uh, if you remember, for instance, the uh, the scene where uh, Culp goes to throw away the body or dispose of the body, right, yeah. it's dramatically and oddly lit. So this might be a signature piece of his, but, or but, this was a place where they had a rave later. <laughs> <laughs> well, but I also kind of wondered if, like, the, the, the design of the place was to really, really emphasize that Janice was running some sort of cheap damn scam where the entire chain of these things looked really depressing and cheap and about ready to fall apart any given moment because he just didn't care because he's milking every single cent to send to some like out of the country like a money bucket thing it's like a turkish that's, prison yeah no that's yeah. what it is but i felt like but i couldn't tell if that's what aesthetically that's what these places looked like back then or it's to really ramp like to really emphasize no no they're cutting corners at every single thing because the uh, the suppliers that he's forcing these franchisees to use and pocketing like the profits that's what it's going to end up looking like it and could it's just be part cheap of that. and terrible yeah. yeah if you look at the design of the place with the little hand drawn oh the signage <laughs> i've got a note about the signage it was terrible it's like he he's like whatever contractor Janice forced the uh, the people the, the individual gyms to use for the uh, signage, yeah. Oh my God, they're the worst. It's awful. I believe that Pat Harrington could do better because Pat. It's got to be Schneider. He's got yeah. yeah. Let's swing around to Pat Harrington because I want to. If if I had my druthers, this whole episode would just be about his wardrobe. Yes. <laughs> Is his, his final scene. In his final scene, he is the plaid devil. He is clearly the Lord of Lies come to Earth, yes. driving his bright red sports car. Yeah. With let me see if I remember this right. He's got it's a black jacket, black shirt, bright red tie, and plaid pants. I right. thought those were his pajama bottoms. 
They may as well. <laughs> they might have been because we yeah, also know he like enjoys he the X-ray. Dressed down to the navel and then just said, "Who am I kidding? I don't care anymore." <laughs> right. Manic but that is, is that the time, though? It seems like that almost it's the worst of that Even era. Even for the sort of. time he's dressed really extravagant. <laughs> but, yeah, I like the uh, – because he disappears at that scene and he doesn't play much of a role in this episode. Which I'm is choosing a shame to, because I like him a lot. Oh, I love Pat Harrington. And but I'm, it I'm, choosing to believe he, I'm choosing to believe he's basically Peter Cook and bedazzled. <laughs> and he just tricked Milo Janus into making a wish, and I want to—I want to be a world famous uh, uh, franchise owner, and then, right, that's your fate. He doesn't enjoy it though. Yeah, Robert Conrad never really looked like he was enjoying anything. No, but I like—I, you know what, Robert Conrad. I've never seen him as the best actor in the world, but in this, he's kind of good and greasy and sl- like that's the thing. I first saw this episode like uh, a while back, and then uh, when it was chosen for this uh, thing of our podcast, like, oh, okay, good, I'm going to watch this one. And I remember like, oh, yeah, like the word that stuck in my head when I saw this the first time was greasy. Yeah. <laughs> Just greasy and oily and terrible. He, he is one of the good Columbo villains where you're just mm-hmm. rooting so much for the guy to go away. You're yeah. rooting so much for Columbo to just nail this bastard because he's terrible. He's terrible. He is a bad, bad man. Yes. The, the you greasiness. Can, you can like smell the self-deception and the homosexual yes. panic and yes. the, the low-level corruption just oozing off him. Oh and, yeah, yeah. And the coca ban and the coca yeah. ban and yeah. the uh, English leather. Yeah. And that, <laughs> yes. And that, oh that, god, that, English you know, leather with a little wooden knob. Such a oh my wooden god. Knob. Good lord. Brown toupee he's got that uh Oh, it's lovely. Yeah. yeah, does the every once in a while he'll like do the what Partridge family fans used to refer to as the Reuben Kincaid hair shift. Slightly <laughs> <laughs> change expression and that thing will just roll back like the tide. Yes. So I, like I have, to, uh, I, like I, have once... that he, I like to think he's Botoxed to the max now, so that can't happen. Oh, yeah, no, no, yeah, definitely. Oh, but he was 55 years old when this was filmed. Wait, what, Robert Conrad was? No, he wasn't. But wow. at one point he asks... He <laughs> you asks, convinced uh, me, John, you're a very good liar. Columbo asks the secretary how old Janus is. Oh, right. Mid-50s. Uh, he was 30. Oh, you know, he's at, at the very time. 35. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, 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 wait. He was how old at the time? But, Thirty-nine, he was like thirty-nine, wasn't he? Wait, what? Yeah. He Robert was Connor was thirty-nine. He was under forty when he did this. Yeah, I would have guessed like mid forties. My so. my wife was shocked wow. when she found out he wasn't fifty. She thought he was fifty. Good lord! Wow, Robert he Conrad, hard likes living the son. Yeah. Oh, my goodness gracious! <laughs> I, I'm a little. I'm shocked at that. Well, my he's standing is he's younger than I was. Oh. Yeah, I, th- I think that Robert Conrad's actual age is a point of contention in some areas. Uh, oh, is it? Oh. I've read interviews where he says, well, you know, like I used to have to identify myself as six years older than I was to get some of the choice parts that people mm. didn't think I had the life experience for. Ah, uh, okay. Because I think he was like 12 when he played Jim West. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Also, also a good entree to mention that this is uh, the second of the two main Wild Wild West stars to be a murderer. Mm-hmm. Which is weird, yes. I didn't even uh, realize that. Until, and I still yeah. think they really missed an opportunity by not having Michael Dunn be a killer. <laughs> terrible, 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 terrible missed opportunity there. It's yes. oversight beyond... Uh, what, what, what would he have been? What would he have done? 
Could he have been an all-powerful alien who forced uh, Columbo to fight in gladiatorial combats of the mind? I was going to say banker. <laughs> but okay. The megalomaniacal faith healer. Oh, oh that would have been good. That's really good. Which actually reminds me of something. Uh, this episode really uh, popped into my head. Uh, this, especially the seventies Columbo, uh, the weird like the the self improvement movements that mm-hmm. would show up on this this program, which I didn't really realize until this because uh, this one, um, uh, the 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 one with the guy who's the kind of we haven't talked about it yet, but the guy who was kind of like the est slash. Um, landmark thing with the dogs. He murdered somebody with the, the two dogs. Mm-hmm. That's in the Ed one, Paul too. Williamson? Yeah, yes. Yeah, that one. Um, there's a couple other ones, too, where it's a lot. Of, it seems to me the California 70s self-improvement, self-help cult things, they really use those quite a bit to like show that the people who are in charge of those were frauds yeah. yes. and crooks was, uh, and ultimately the... murderers. So, yeah. What was the name of Columbo the... is well equipped to make that point. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Yes, <laughs> our representative. Yes, exactly. The common I like man. Chili. Yeah. Yes, I exactly. <laughs> cigar. I've been this unlit cigar. I've been nursing since 1968. I just right. Leave me alone. Yeah. He's a he's a chili swilling Will Rogers. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. But, this, but in this episode, unlike Will Rogers, he actually meets a man he doesn't like. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh a my god! Fair point. That scene in the hospital. Yes, when, yeah. if, when I first he watched this, he thinks that you drove her husband to, was responsible for her husband's murder, and I agree. The thing I'm is, just tip my hand here. Yeah, yeah. The, the thing is, uh, when I first saw this, uh, my wife and I like watched that scene rewound about like three times because it's so <laughs> good. Yeah. Because Columbo just doesn't give a damn. He's like, you're a jerk. I don't care. I think you killed him. Whatever. Like, trying to get the magazine from the lady is like, ah, oh, this guy's bothering me. I was going to read a magazine. Like, you you don't care. You don't care about <laughs> the victim's ex-wife. Whatever. That, that That's a wonderful scene. Calculating chess master that we know. No, it just, he just loses it. It's not even like losing it. Or is in, it? Oh. Because he had a real audience there. They were showing really re- how... Like the uh, reaction shots of the people yeah. like, oh, he's... The, the, pat, the standbys, bystanders, whatever you call a human being, yes. uh, <laughs> were just really, really into the conversation, even though they were trying not to pay attention. But they were creating an audience that made Janice really uncomfortable. That was my wife's take on this. That scene oh. is like, they are all working undercover. Yeah. Ah. People, I don't buy that. I think that that's how nah. he sells it later to explain why he it was all part of his master plan i think that robert conrad got under his skin and he just had no fucks left to give yes i, no, I would agree with that because because when robert conrad leaves colombo does his great or falk does his great take to the guy next to him who would like uh give him the life of the cigar it's like get a load of this goddamn guy like <laughs> it's just this perfect look like he, they've had, he's had this entire conversation in front of these people where he's accused this guy of murder. <laughs> and then when Conrad finally leaves, yeah, Falk looks over to the guy like, what the fuck's this guy's problem? Well, I loved it. It was wonderful. It, it's yeah. one of my favorite Columbo scenes, actually. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Because it's not losing might... it like he lost it with um, Leonard Nimoy, where he just gets angry and yelling. It just He's just frustrated, this idiot. Well, mm-hmm. to to tie it back, actually, Columbo might have a thing about suicide. Because oh Pope, yeah, remember Etude in Black when he gives yes. that really eloquent 
uh, uh, monologue right, about right, how right. shameful it is. Yes. And I think there's something to be said for him losing his temper when he sees this woman inadvertently, admittedly, but in a state where she almost took her own life. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just sends him off. Yeah. He's a good Catholic. Well, uh, yeah. Be, yeah. yeah, there you go. Well, actually, that's the thing, too. Okay. So uh, the last episode we talked about was uh, the Patrick McGowan 90s episode, uh, Gender for Murder. And mm-hmm. there's a scene in there where he's talking to McGowan. And McGowan's talking about the last, well, McGowan's false last words of the victim was uh, like, oh, what the hell am I going to do? And Columbo can't bring himself to actually say the word hell. He can't it's, bring uh, himself Jesus. to... It's Jesus he can't say. Oh, I know it's like, he's like, oh, what the hell am I going to do? And he's like, what the hell? And like, oh, yeah, that word. But no, this no, one... No, no, it's what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Jesus. Oh, I thought it was hell. I and then he goes, so the man says, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? That yeah. word. Oh, okay, because this yeah, one... But he doesn't like... We know he doesn't like to swear, but yeah. Right, but this one, there's actually... There's hells and dams all thrown around this episode, which I was surprised at. It's for a 74. 70s TV show. Yeah. In 74, even priests swore. Oh, okay. Well, that's my, it. My Lutheran pastor used to tell us that we were the motherfucking goddamn children of Christ. Oh! <laughs> I like but, that guy. But we was, were on was the that, Was that that's Exmorst or no? Was that was, <laughs> was his last name? Because I know a guy like that who, I don't know. Yeah, 74, you know, Watergate, Nixon had just left office, all bets were off. Nobody cared oh, yeah. anymore. Yeah. It was yeah. done. Just take off all your clothes, go to the Turkish <laughs> prison. Yeah, who cares? Wasn't there like a massive change in culture right after Expletive Deleted, though, where all of a sudden we were swearing more as a people? Yeah, because people figure it out that oh, if it's if you don't if you bleep it out, people are going to think it's so much worse. Yeah. Right? Yes. Yeah. So you might as well say it. Who cares? I wonder the uh, seven words you can't say on the radio sketch. I'm going to look up when that came out. That came out like '72, but I think the the legal case was '76 or '77. You are correct on both counts. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> best album ever. It is, of course. Fantastic. Yes. Um, you know, speaking of numbers, too, I went back and was looking at uh, when, when I was curious if this was at all inspired by Joe Weider's uh, assorted legal troubles through the years. And and Weider and his brother had been targeted by, of all things, the U.S. Post Office. Oh, for uh, fraudulent advertising on uh, uh, on protein supplements that they were oh. sending mail. But nothing. I, he didn't own health clubs then, as far as I'm aware. So. I don't. I don't know if this See, came would, from something in the news or if it was just the writer had like gotten the same kind of health club contract you get now, where you can never leave it. Well, I I, I wondered like because uh, it seems like the name Myelogenis, like a weird sort of a uh, guy who's associated with thing like Vic Tanny. I don't know if that was ever because I remember that was a big chain in the seventies and eighties. I feel like hear about I now, would, but I don't know if there that there was ever any Vic controversy Tanny. with that guy. Uh, I think Ch- Milo Janis is supposed to be Charles Atlas. Oh, okay. I, I thought or Jack Lane. I thought Jack yeah. Lane, Jack Lane had a TV show. I just figured that Larry Cohen was watching Jack Lane had a hangover and just thought for no reason. <laughs> what if he murdered you? Some shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And Jack and Jack Lane, as far as I as far as I can remember, Jack Lane was always too old to be doing that stuff. He was like born always, at 60. even when he was like thirty. Yeah. Right, and and then yeah. they end up giving Jack Lane the business on uh, Arrested Development more than anyplace yeah. else. So, mm-hmm. so the weird, you know, he's actually like ten years older than the actor playing him is line. I, I just thought that was, 
Maybe that was a Jacqueline Lane thing, or maybe it was just the writers trying to find one more way to express their absolute bottomless loathing for <laughs> Robert Conrad. You know, maybe no, it could be. Beth Davenport, probably in the original script, it was like, he's 53, and his penis is infinitesimal. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first time that phrase has been on this podcast. This has been a severely cuss-laden podcast. That's fine. I'm sorry, I didn't think to ask the doorman if that was all right. It's fine. <laughs> There's no problem. We 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 don't have the uh, the for all audiences thing on our Columbo podcast, so it's great. <laughs> oh, Robert, Robert Conrad just brings it out of you, you know. I it mean, does what? because he's such he's such a greasy '70s kind yeah. of weird guy in this one. Yeah. And, and I he's mean, not, like he's that. Not like, he's not the greatest actor in the world, but, but he's okay people, enough for this. Yeah, well, some people he works for this. Become stars just because they are so completely, totally one thing. And yes. you think muscle bound, tightly wrapped prick. Immediately, Robert Conrad in 1974 comes to mind. Yeah, for yeah. some weird reason, it does. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's it's yeah, it, it's such a weird thing about what an asshole he is. And actually, oh, really? Yeah, Do actually, tell. Well, I don't because I have not. I'm sure John has not. If you have some sort of stories, that would give some wonderful background to this. Or write in if you've got. <laughs> yes. If there was anyone who worked with Robert Conrad back in the 1970s, yeah. uh, Columbo at thecitydesk.net, we'd love to read your stories out in a future episode. Are we, are we just, just reacting to his old Dura, it was a Hill battery ad, whatever it was, not Duracell or. Knock it off my shoulder. Knock it off my shoulder. I oh, I forgot about those. God oh, my goodness you. gracious. <laughs> well, oh, my God. Going, out of all his work, that's the one that's going in the time capsule. <laughs> oh, that's sad. <laughs> but that, I was that sad. and the press conference he gave to complain about how his character in the Wild Wild West was being played by a black man in a movie. Oh, oh I, forgot I forgot about that. About that. <laughs> oh, my God. Because you know what? All bets are off about this guy. Then (laughs) forget it. Racist, you understand? It's just that the Wild Wild West was completely (sighs) about historical verisimilitude. I remember remember too how that went because he was originally really he was really upset that Michael Dunn's role was being taken over by um, Kenneth Uh, Branagh. As were we all. As we, yeah, as you saw it, you were. Yeah. And he was yeah. pointing out this was a role written. Uh, I think he called him an actor of short stature. He used a very respectful term. And he was incensed that it was not handed off to a similar actor because he said that is the point of the character. So you're with him. You're man. with him. Up to a certain point, him. you're with him. Like, oh, this guy, he's progressive for back in like the uh, uh, mid-2000s. All right, and, sure. And, and then he goes, and also about this black guy. And oh, then it's dear. <laughs> I, I don't actually have any stories. It's just this weird sense you get about some people. You know, you mentioned them to people who did work with them, and they, like, kind of shudder. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, with John, I get that all the time, yeah. Yeah, and I looked him up. I actually, go- I was trying to find something specific, and I actually Googled Robert Conrad, asshole. And <laughs> That's always a good starting point. What I came up with was I found out that there are various websites that, make it clear that for a lot of young gay men watching TV in the 60s, discovering Robert Conrad on Wild Wild West was a seismic event. Oh, and I'm sure Robert Conrad didn't like that. I'm Probably. sure he's, I'm sure he's you, uh, for the compliment. I'd like to thank all of you for joining our straight-up libel podcast. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about uh, Chevy Chase next. But yeah, you know what? Robert, uh, Conrad, Robert Conrad kidnapped and murdered a child. Wait, what? Since we're since we're doing it, I'm just gonna make him real bad. 
Oh, sure. I thought you actually had a real no, story. He did not, no, he did not actually murder and kidnap a child. Let's talk about William, William Conrad. <laughs> However. Who would have been? That was a drunk driving thing. Was it? William Conrad? No, Robert. Robert. Oh, okay. William Conrad couldn't get behind the wheel. What are you talking about? Yeah, it's true. But I was, I, like, I, I, I was, had, had a stupid joke about how uh, William Conrad was like, oh, it's a good thing he wasn't playing the fitness guy in this shirtless <laughs> the entire time. But then I realized William Conrad would have been a really, really, really good Columbo villain. He's like one of the guys, like, oh, man, he should have been out in the 1970s. He would have been amazing as somebody, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I would kill to see an alternate universe version of this episode where William Conrad is Milo Janus. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, actually, that would He's got, actually... like, a bucket of chicken under his arm. Yes, because it would make it even more... It would, it would make it even more of a fraud. He had to, like, yeah. fi- hire some figurehead to be the face of the organization, this fitness thing. But behind it is William Conrad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just I doing all the business shit. Oh my gosh, Mr. Janice. Yeah, that's great, you know, it was a coleslaw. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> actually, that would have been that would have been really cool. Mm-hmm. I like that. Huh. Anyhow, <laughs> the only thing else I'm, I'm going to say about Robert Conrad is that yeah. I've never seen him in high def before, and mm-hmm. his eyes are so scary blue. They really are. They're terrible. Yeah, they're, they're, they're scary blue or scary handsome blue. Yeah, well, there's he, he's he wearing like a shirt. Been, it looks like he's been built by the technicians at Westworld in this. Yeah. <laughs> yes. The, there's one scene where he's wearing a shirt that I think is the same shade as his eyes, which I've never seen. That's bizarre. I, yeah, that man I mean, could I'm accessorize. What's that? That man could accessorize and coordinate. He, yes. He can. Uh, for instance, he really knew how to shove a pipe down the back of his pants. Mm-hmm. Wait, what? RJ? <laughs> when, he, when he murders uh, uh, Philip Stafford. Bruce. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, he's walking right. away, and he stuffs the, the, the bar, the iron bar in the back of his pants. Right. I just remember, it's such a creepy, yes, odd yeah. scene, and it's got that kind of beautiful third-man lighting. Yeah. yeah. Then he goes and pulls a Mark for shed all over Mary Hartman's dad. <laughs> <laughs> th- right. We, oh, uh, my God. Okay, so just... I forgot that. <laughs> oh, my God. God bless you. <laughs> We've lost RJ. Bringing that on. Oh my goodness. Yes. Oh my goodness gracious. So talking about <sighs> a few other scenes uh in the episode that I thought stood out. Um first off, it's kind of odd to see Columbo running at all, especially in the <laughs> Oh yes. No. Well no, that's I love that sequence because uh Janice is pulling this total alpha male bullshit. On mm-hmm. him, mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm more fit than you. I'm doing punching stuff, making Columbo run, get all sweaty, uh, out of breath. But then when it gets to getting back to Janice's place, and Columbo's sitting there, relacing his shoes right. very slowly, he just completely retakes the upper hand, and just knows that he's frustrating him so much by just like, ah, I'm just doing my shoes here. And then, then like, uh, with Janice, like, oh, well, yeah, my corrupt uh, guy who's running my business operations. I thought I'd hire him. Like, oh, he's honest as I am. And there's a great line that Columbo has where it's like, oh, yeah, some would say that. Or it's like, oh, yeah, that, that's great, whatever. But it, it's such a great thing where Falk plays it so well because mm-hmm. he knows he's just making the guy more and more frustrated. And this he is knows again, it. He just that pulls, kind of... pulls the power away from him. And it's, it's, it's great. 
there's that interesting, like, sometimes you get the actors of two different schools together. Oh, and, yes, yes. And Conrad is very much a, he's a very 70s TV kind of performer, actually, but in that epi- formerly episodic stuff. Yeah. And where Falk is a more like a film actor. And it's interesting to see how casual and loose he is versus Conrad being very rigid and on his mark and doing things very uh, aggressively on schedule. But it works so well for that character versus yeah. Columbo's character, yeah. though. Like, yeah, it does. It, 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 it's really good casting of that guy playing Milo Janis versus, yeah, Falk doing his acting that way. I thought... It, it just meshed so well together, like the two mm-hmm. of them. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't like it when uh, Ross Martin was playing opposite Falk, but it works here. And well, again, I you, think... I, you, Lou, I, lo- I loved Ross Martin in that episode. But yes, uh, yeah, uh, okay. We had that discussion on that podcast <laughs> long ago. But I don't. Yeah. I don't know that we really needed to rebet. I'm just saying. I think it's odd that Martin and and uh, Conrad were together for so long. And that I never occurred to me. I, I used to be really obsessed with the Wild Wild West. I know. I, did, I didn't even think of that watching this at all. That those but I, two. I, I never really noticed yeah. that they really are two different, very two different kinds of actors. Yeah. And yet That's they play nice very well. Change of pace from, from yeah. what you usually get on the show because the you kept mentioning people like Patrick McGowan and Nicole Williamson and you know all these. Falk went up against a lot of very precise, like mm-hmm. theatrical slightly fey stylist mm-hmm. and he could rub up against them with this this grubby you know every man thing that he did so well and yes. here like he's get he gets to tap into his method thing and he's going up against this living human action toy mm-hmm. yes yes exactly that's exactly what it is yeah yeah for sure yeah it almost makes me sorry he never went up against the six million dollar man that would have been awesome oh my god lee majors like, would have been like wait so lee weird. majors or a crossover Crossover. Crossover. Oh, actually, crossover would have been nuts. Someone stole. He, they actually, Columbo goes in to get a, a new fake eye, and they accidentally <laughs> give him the wrong one. <laughs> Crazy Pionic. Well, no, that was the uh, Saturday morning cartoon, John. That's what that was. Columbo and the Columbo, I, I that, the, the Columbo with the Columbo crew. Yes. That's what that was. Oh, snap. Um, so here's a, here's a, a, what I thought was a fairly 70s thing, and Columbo, of course, because of its runtime, will very often have filler. Yeah. And, and they, they try to make it funny, and it's sometimes funny. This one, I think, is the first time that I thought there was some genuine organic humor coming out of the filler segment, which, you know, technically doesn't have to be there. It's Columbo waiting for the printout. Oh, that. That oh. whole scene was so strange, but I liked it. It's a, it's enjoyable, and yeah. it's again a very seventies. It's very you know railing against plastic dehumanization. But what do you? Well, I, don't even, do? I don't even. It's the seventies. It seems like it was like a nineteen fifties or sixties thing. It's computers, uh, computers taking over. It's it like, um, well, or like uh, oh Christ, uh, that Jacques, word, Jacques, Jacques Tati, like the whole like a uh, like <laughs> one of his kind of things where it's like oh here's a crazy like a uh, old fashioned disheveled man. Going up against the computer and modern technology, and he just can't believe there's computers being like you know you raise yeah you raise a really good point that actually if that scene had been shot wordlessly oh it would have been great yeah, I think still that, I think that could have been a Tati scene you're yes right. oh definitely just yeah, like brushing sure. his hair back and pacing and oh no from the start of it like you could yeah. have had him coming uh, off the elevator 
with his cigar. Mm-hmm. The uh, the <laughs> the security guard looking at it like, oh, I gotta put it away. Oh. Go up to the thing, and then there's like just the noise, like the click clack of the computer and the printer, and then he leaves, and that whole last bit where he picks, goes picks it back up, yeah. And the elevator, then the elevator opens back up. He grabs it in defiance of the guy, and the yeah. security guard shaking his. No, that could have been like a really really. We just we just 50s. nailed a hidden Tati film. There we go. No, that that totally would have worked for that. That made our show sound a lot smarter than it actually is. <laughs> it is tragic that Jacques Tati never directed Columbo. Exactly. Oh my God. Or acknowledged his daughter. Yes, it, th- th- those oh, things oh, are oh. super tragic. That that coat that Tati always had on is pretty much the French version. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And he probably would have uh, driven a battered Peugeot if he didn't just That's walk around his little well. neighborhood. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. Those, we may have stumbled upon something. <laughs> Holy cow. I really like 1974 Alice and Janney behind the, compa- the the counter there. Yes. Yeah, that too. Yeah. Mm. Oh, my God. She is so annoyed with Columbo the but entire she's so time. She's annoyed. That's a wonderful type of annoyance. It's yes. very theatrical. It's like, I have terrible, to do this. The terrible oh thing about that character is, I don't think they had the term going postal in 1974. <laughs> so there's not an actual actual term for what she's clearly feeling. Like right. She wants Just wants to punch this guy. She says to be polite for her job or else. And yeah, this military contractor, which I think it comes up later on. Uh, which actually uh, leads us to uh, the victim's wife, which mm. I tragic, like. Tragic very tragic. I like the way that is played. I like the way that actress plays uh, that character. Is it is it pronounced Colin Wilcox? Her the actress's name. I don't know. Because I've never, uh, I've, never I've never been to a party with her, so I'm not sure. <laughs> well, she's in she's in uh, two fairly popular, uh, significant movies: Catch Twenty Two and To Kill a Mockingbird. Oh, and I was kind. Of, she's she's the woman who who falsely accuses Tom Robinson of rape in oh. To Kill a Mockingbird. Oh my goodness! Really? I yes. did not know. Oh my good! Wow. Her, okay. IMDb, her IMDb page just a million laughs. Then. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had a drink. <laughs> it was just a spit actually, take. I was actually thrown by her a little bit because in her first scene, I you know where she's getting plowed and it's yeah. really working at it for a while. I, I did mm-hmm. not pick up on the tragic undertones at first. I thought she looked See, like she was having a pretty good day. Yeah. See, I, I did, though. She... To me, it seemed like she, like right away, to me, it seemed like she was just numbing herself mm-hmm. because she was just sad, feeling awful about it. So she's just drinking wine all day. Yeah. Oh, I felt like she'd been numbing herself for a long time before that. Ah, uh, okay. Because she, she sounded, you know, both upset and, I don't know, sort of lightly annoyed yeah, like she's been living with all his, all of his excesses for so long, and now in addition, he's he's died. Hmm. They thought they had something, and then the kids moved out, and it yeah. they didn't have anything. And can you imagine living with Philip Bruins long enough to have a family, and then realize <laughs> don't even yeah. love There's so many little Bruins around here. Yeah, lots yeah. Of, lots of spare ribs every night. The spare ribs. most disturbing part of this episode is that if you think about it, Robert Conrad changing his clothes, there's two people in this show who've seen Robert Bru- Philip Burns naked. Oh, yes. Yes. The fact that Robert Conrad had to completely strip him to put the gym clothes back on. That's a little weird. Yes. 
I'm desperately hoping to find out that Bruins was like a war hero or something we could feel bad about. <laughs> no, no, you guys. He saved a, an orphan from a fire. Well, he was no, a I mean, marvelous seemed... actor. Not to say anything against him, right? He was, he was, one, he was like one of the great blusterers that we I, used to have. But I mean, but I mean, like, I don't want to see myself naked, so I don't. I don't think it's a good thing to see any dude naked, anybody yeah. naked, pretty much. It's like, eh. be sure to visit uh, jmtpodcast.com and vote in our poll as to whether you should see RJ naked. <laughs> no one's going to vote for that. <laughs> Yeah. There, there's a lot of people I don't want to see naked. You know, exactly. But, yeah, Philip Brooms is probably in. He's in on the, the list. Yeah, 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 for sure. On all caps with you know little mar- magic marker underlining. Yes, a star so, next to it. Yes, a star. <laughs> <laughs> don't forget. Oh, uh, going back to the uh, the uh, scene with the computer stuff and the, uh, the employment agency or the employment department at the huge corporation. It's a wonderful thing where Columbo is just completely confounded by the um, answering machine at first when he calls uh, Phil. Uh, what, oh, what's his name? I completely forgot. Louis Lacey. Lacey. Yeah, Louis Lacey calls yeah. him, and he's flummoxed by the idea of a answering machine at first. But it, it's such a great comic thing too, where he's on there. And he's like, "Oh well, uh, call the uh, main uh, homicide department. The f- telephone number there is." Well, you can look that up. Where, like, it's obvious he doesn't know what the phone number is. Where there's this wonderful pause. He doesn't know what to say, but he's still being very polite. It's like, uh, the phone number is there. Uh, you can look yeah. that up. All right. Well, <laughs> I'll, I'll fair, talk to you later. Which is great. When he, when he, I love that. When he calls Hollis Mulray, you know, it's like there's there's like a half hour pause between... Hello, this is Lewis Lacey. Yes. Right. And, uh, no, it's like Archer, pretty much. Yeah, it's, a, it's, I mean, it's like the it's classic like, Archer, like yeah. a phone message gag. Yeah, yeah, it's like this guy invented the the is the inventor of that, and he didn't even know he was making a joke. <laughs> right. Yes. How great would it have been though if Columbo had called and you just heard ring ring, and then nobody's home. <laughs> <laughs> the inventor of the novelty answering machine tape. Right. There was a Seinfeld thing where uh, George wanted the uh, believe it or not, I'm not at home. Yeah. Oh, wow, uh, yeah. Yeah, anyway. Golden memories. <laughs> yeah, good <laughs> lord. Hey, pop culture reference, everybody. Yay. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, <laughs> I'm flipping through uh, some of my screenshots to look for other scenes, and uh, briefly stopping on Gretchen Corbett's bikini scene. Gosh, which... I forgot. God, Gretchen, Cor- Gretchen Corbett, who uh, was wonderful, a favorite character of mine from um, Rockford Files. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, oh, for- I, got a little bit I forgot she was on this. She was great. Uh, oh, I like that she was yes. brass, brassy, receptive, and uh, there's there is something incredibly amusing about her handling Columbo's befuddlement at seeing her in a bikini. Oh yeah, which I love. It, it, that's another very classic Columbo ongoing character thing, where he's a little shy about ladies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this one moment. very much so, which was nice. Yeah, especially when he when he like says. Now, can I ask you a personal question? Oh, right! Yes, this is a <laughs> wonderful... Delicious. Please go, you know, yes. You know, yeah. she's like anticipating something, you know, my God, you know, what is this yes. pervert in a porn theater raincoat going <laughs> to Yes. And it's it's nothing about, you know, you know, are you on you know, top or bottom? I just see you in a bikini, I have to ask. Yeah. But very sweet. Yeah, no, and his question is like, how old is Milo Janice? That's yeah. it. That that's a wonderful, wonderful. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, but yeah, guys, she, she Oh yeah, so to, sorry, sorry to loop sorry. something back around. This was almost a Columbo Rockford Files crossover. Wait, what? Oh my god. Wait for John, it. you've made me so excited. What? Wait for it. Same beach. Oh, wow. no way. It is the exact same beach if I think if they had run for about another 5 seconds, you would have seen Jim Rockford's trailer? You would you would at least seen the restaurant near the trailer. Oh my god. That that Goodness hurts my heart. Great. I know, right? It's oh. it's there is something to be said for a League of Extraordinary Gentlemen just made of awesome seventies detectives. Yes, oh, it would be. Oh my god, that'd be Quincy, great. Quincy Columbo, Rockford, police, police woman would have to be in there. Rockford. Uh, I'm trying to think who else. <laughs> Come to my jomtpodcast.com and vote in our poll. Yes, I, I would guess. Actually, it would, if there had been some huge crossover of just the uh, NBC mystery movie. Folks, like one move, like uh, they did, like one week where just, oh hey, it's a Stoop Sisters and it's Banachek. It's never gonna be the Stoop Sisters. And they go through, they go through a portal, they go through a time portal, right. to solve a mystery with Heck Ramsey. That'd be great. I'd love to see that. I was just thinking it was gonna be McMillan and wife and Columbo. Actually, you know what? It would make more sense for Heck Ramsey to come through some time portal in the old west to the 1970s. Yeah, it's a little easier to get so one I don't guy. Wanna, yeah, exactly. I don't want to complicate things. Heck, Ramsey <laughs> found you know, some time, swirly time portal in a mine yeah, near his town. old enough to remember that this was part of an umbrella title. You know, the NBC mystery movie? Yes. It is amazing how time has just shucked away all that dead corn. <laughs> leaving only only Columbo standing upright. I don't. Yes, no, that there, that's an excellent. There may point. be a yeah. cloud podcast out there somewhere. No, I want to know about. Well, it. after we're done with this one, there will be. But yes, <laughs> no prescription murder. Prescription murder. It was going to be uh, Cosby mysteries, but no, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no, no. But yes, it's either it's either going to be a cloud or um. Ah, crap! I forgot the uh, Burt Reynolds one from the nineties. Or else I was going to say that one. Bill Cosby uh, was great in Hickey and Boggs, by the way. Oh, good for him. You know, I... Want to put the, that out there? The only what? thing that makes that movie hard to watch is that... Well, Robert it's not the only the, the rapes? <laughs> the rapes, no, it's, maybe? It's, the, it's Bill Cosby's lack of emotional effect when dealing with women in trouble. Oh, yeah? So that guy goes in with what I just said. So, yes. I, well, yes, but I wasn't just going to yell the word rapes several times at you. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> thank you uh, yeah. for that, taking care of that, it for that me. That felt like Good. an acting choice at one point, but I guess now it's kind of a sign of pathology. You know? Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, it is an interesting film anyway. <laughs> well, good. So, yeah, everybody uh, check that out on Netflix. And the reason it's called Hickey and Dogs... I'm just mentioning this because I, I heard it come up in an earlier podcast you guys did, and I think RJ said it was a terrible title. It's called Hickey and Boggs because Walter Hill wrote it, hoping to get Jason Robards and Strother Martin. Oh. And, of course, weird. we all know that Jason Robards' signature role in the American theater was Hickey in The Iceman Cometh. Oh, I don't know. I think maybe Strother Martin had a favorite boil that he nicknamed Boggs. I don't know why Boggs. <laughs> maybe. That's, we'll start that rumor because that's a wonderful rumor that will get yeah. very popular. Mm-hmm. I, I did not know that. <laughs> that's very good. Oh, neat. Oh, hey, so as long as we're talking about the creepy dudes, creepy <laughs> sex dudes, uh, let's talk about the fact that. Uh, to have a wonderful uh, night at his uh, beachside estate, 
Sure, um, horror film. X-rated. Milo Gen- no, not, yeah, an X-rated on an X-rated horror film direct from Italy, uh, Italia, from from Italy, <laughs> from Italia, from the from. <laughs> I forgot to mention RJ's from an alternate Earth. Uh, all right, all right, all right. But I mean, the fact that that's his idea, like, oh, that'll be a great time. But like, hey, everybody, get some dates, bring but them they to this. Did like, so, everybody showed up? Yes, but then also, what if you like uh, Pat Harrington? He's like, oh, hey, uh, get get what's her head, bring her. Like, all right, sure. So if you're getting picked up by Pat Harrington as a lady, that's a dream. That's a dream. And it's <laughs> like. Uh, like oh where we go oh, we're going Milo Janis oh Milo Janis the uh, the uh, wealthy the hunky, uh, wealthy dude the the wealthy uh, gym <laughs> fellow sure yeah. we'll go out to the state what are we doing oh we're gonna watch an X rated Italian horror film in like some room with two other couples and you know where that long, is we're you... gonna be here till morning yes you, that's, <laughs> you know where that's going and maybe you wouldn't get in the car because that's creepy as hell. I used to hang out. I used to hang out. That's that's applying a key party, and it's creepy. (laughs) Yeah, but Pat Harrington had mesmeric powers. Oh, and I think Davenport could tell you that once you've smelled Robert Conrad's Old Spice, (laughs) and you're not talking about a a cologne there. That's just the Old Spice. His Old Spice. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, speaking of Pat Harrington, really briefly, I found something out before the podcast. I was trying to look up his his comedic background because I know he had a long history as a straight man in particular. Oh yeah, it's like a like yeah, a little nightclub, the nightclub circuit back then. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, uh, he did a recurring character uh, called Guido Panzini. God bless him. Which is yeah, exactly very, very ethnically uh, very exactly what you think yeah. it is. And he did an album with Jose Jimenez, with Bill Dink. <laughs> Oh, so there's boy. an album out there. There's a Pat Harrington, <laughs> Bill Dana album out there doing Quido Panzini and Jose Jimenez, which is, I'm sure, terrific. I think I, I, I'm going to look up uh, on some of the uh, albums, album rating sites and see what they've got. I found copies of it on eBay. I might pick it up. Oh, really? Wow. Well, you know, I do like I do like train wrecks. So there we go. Yes. That's oh, why I have the uh, the Act with Cesar Romero album. What? It's these series of what albums they released where it's a celebrity reading lines from a script, and then you you read lines from a script back to them to practice your acting. Wait, so it's pretty much like nowadays, uh, those online videos you see ads for where it's um, uh, Dustin Hoffman and Kevin Spacey doing the acting classes, the method acting classes on YouTube that you can buy. Oh. It's I've the same thing. Oh, look that up. Okay. <laughs> the two of them, the two of them have started doing online video acting classes. Really? Where you watch them teaching acting to young folks because I guess they have deep tax debts. I don't know. But yeah, that's it's the same thing pretty much. Act What's with that movie Romero. where the chief from Control hires a bunch of beatniks to take a train ride with him to commit a robbery? The Wild what? Wild set? Yes, the wild set. Oh yeah, my gosh, I've never seen this. Yeah, there's a scene in there where the where the hero who wants to be an actor, oh yeah, too big of a doorknob, uh, plays the gets his little record out and trades lines with somebody who sounds like Damie Death Evans. Oh, it's a very right. very thrilling scene. Really makes the movie. <laughs> well, the thing is, like the Albert Brooks film, uh, Albert Brooks film, Albert Brooks record, uh, comedy minus one, kind of makes fun of all of that. Mm-hmm. Which is like a really if anybody finds a copy of that, 
get it because there's like greatest child uh, for that record. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Definitely. Well, they did it. Like uh, they released it. He released a uh, CD of it. Uh, I think back in the the early 2000s. It you is actually long get it. Yeah. And it, it's great though because uh, side B of that is you get a script. And it's a whole comedy routine. Albert Brooks does. And then you got the script to actually do the routine with him in the comfort of your own home. <laughs> it's hilarious. Oh, that's the best. It's so, so good. Uh, so, comedy. So, um, classic Columbo stuff in this. You got stuff, tons of references to his family. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that he has a phone call from his wife at the murder scene. Uh, which is very pleasant with mentioning lots of uncles and cousins and whatnot. Yeah. Um, there's him just really sticking it to mm-hmm. uh, the uh, suspect by just showing up all the time. The point of joining the gym, the free offer, like the free trial offer for the gym, which I love. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, oh, yeah, I got that, like, like uh, Pat Harrington tells me, yeah, we got that, like, the 30 days free thing. Look who took it up. And you see Columbo. On the weird bike thing. Just going back and forth with the ropes and just saying like, Oh, I'm giving up the cigars, the chili, all of it. <laughs> just I, uh, to like get healthier. Surely you can picture Columbo's face when he, I don't know, stumbles across the ad for a free membership. Oh, thinking, yes. I've never had a better opportunity to annoy someone. <laughs> exactly, yes. And it's perfect in this. He does it so well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to. Uh, uh, we should start wrapping up, but uh, another couple things I wanted to mention real quick. The uh, the scene in uh, inside the booze ship where Robert Conrad is trying to sweet talk Bruins' wife. Oh God, yes, the restaurant. Oh my. With the the horrible, horrible maritime theme, but yes. uh, yeah, there, I have a great screen cap of him with the water in his face, so he looks doubly greasy. Oh good. <laughs> You'll, you'll but like the thing, that, RJ. Well, but the thing is, I, I I love that she doesn't buy it for a second. Mm-mm. That she just you know, like, you're stop. It's horrible. You're taking advantage of me. And then she throws in his face. And then there's like great long pause, and he's got like the stuff dripping from him. And then the server comes over, and there's that whole thing where he's just like, "Can I help you with something?" Like, <laughs> I love that scene. Him in it, the fact that he looks like a jerk, but then also, yeah, the fact that he just treats it that way. You know, I think it's, it's also an interesting clue into apparently alcohol is the only thing that helps you build up a resistance to Robert Conrad's charm. Yes, exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah, works, reverse beard goggles. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Last thing on my notes is that it's in, it's cute anyway that uh, the the clue uh hangs on tying shoes yes when you compare it when you uh, balance it out with the scene where colombo is annoying conrad by slowly getting sand out of his shoes well yeah but then also conrad just like the entire thing he's stringing out so much for conrad's like can i can i get you some like uh, shoelaces yeah (laughs) like he's just so annoyed with him which i love yeah (laughs) it's it's that same scene where he just kind of turns the power like him being the alpha male thing or Columbo through sheer power of annoyance and being <laughs> quiet and just being Columbo just wears him down. It is funny that Columbo only figures out the shoelace thing when he sees the mom tying the kid's shoelace. Right. Yes. He had two opportunities. Yes. He had two opportunities. Yeah. And, and it was that's only the second one. Yeah. Clicks in. 
So uh, we talked about how it is kind of a shaky uh, evidence uh, gathering evidence thing. Um, no way is that shit going to fly in court. No. But it's a thing where I guess, I know it's one of those where I guess you have to kind of hope that uh, Colombo figuring out that the tape had been spliced to fake the phone call, which that's another thing. Like uh, Robert Conrad, when he's doing the fake phone call in front of everyone, it's such a fake phone call. Like, it really well, is. don't overdo it. Don't overexert yourself. Okay, what's this? whatever. <laughs> no, no, don't put the dog on. Don't put a uh, high fluffy, high baby. Yeah, don't. Wait, wait. You're on the phone right now as you're putting the bar on your neck. Well, be careful. <laughs> Don't do it too much. How many pounds? Uh, this guy's putting a lot of pounds on his neck. Don't put so many pounds on your neck. I tried telling him, right? You all heard it as an alibi, please. <laughs> yeah, and Phil that's... Brune is the man with the cast iron ass. You know, he's going to sit there at that. He's like Putin like that. He's going to sit at that desk, <laughs> piecing shit together until he can absolutely nail Robert Conrad. But there's no way he's going to get up to, oh, right. I guess I'll go hoist a few weights and yeah, exactly. And give Robert Vesco a chance to book a flight out of the city. Oh, well, but, it's, yeah. speaking, speaking of the um, uh, the gym thing, too, another in a long line of uh, janitorial folks who get easily annoyed at Columbo. <laughs> the janitor at the gym. Yeah. Just that guy gets, was his Really? Just gets pissed at Columbo again, which has happened many times. Service folks... Uh, janitorial people just get really, really, really annoyed at Columbo easily for some reason. I don't know why. Yeah. He's on your side. He's on your side. Columbo likes you. He likes the common man. Nobody He's who cleans likes a messy person. I can personally. Oh well, there you go. You, yes. That if a janitor catches you walking on a gym floor and you don't have your sandal, don't have your sneakers on. You know, it's going to be like you fucked his sister and let Hitler walk. But it they, wasn't. They, but it wasn't a gym floor. It was the uh, they got like a, a ping pong table in there. Yeah. Come on, it's like you don't need to really uh, be cleaning the ping pong room that much. This is how corrupt this... the the Milo Janus gyms were. That's the racquetball court. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, John, God bless you. That's a good one. Thank you very much. I, I, I would like to say, oh. first off, I th- thank you so much for inviting me to do this. Oh, and, sure. And... Thanks for doing it. You guys are so nice. Oh, you you asked me no, if not. I wanted to pick out an episode, and you gave me your little list. And I did <laughs> what I always do. I sent you like you know like a three page email saying, "Well, this episode has blah blah blah. This episode has some interesting. This episode." And of course, you got back to me right away and said, "You know, the first one you mentioned that'll work." No, because it <laughs> did. Because I, I was, appreciate that. I was excited to talk about this one because this one I, I liked. Well, you know what? Let's. Let's wrap things up. Let's do it, do it now. Uh, let's talk about overall impressions of this one, how you would rate them or uh, estimate them uh, compared to other Columbo episodes. Uh, Philip, you go first. Uh, how, how do you feel about this one overall? I like it. It's a little drawn out, but Robert Conrad is, you know, a founding member of the Dipshit Bag Hall of Fame. And <laughs> I'm glad he and Peter Falk had a chance to chew on each other. Yeah. And when I was watching the episode, which I think I last saw like 30 years ago when it was on late night TV and I was trying to grind out a term paper. <laughs> and at the end, they, you know, they played the jingle because Columbo didn't have its own theme song. But right. at the end, they would cl- they would always find some appropriate tune to play. And they play the little jingle. Then or that, Miles Janice is where it's at. Oh, they did. I- 
Oh, yeah. interesting. Because I actually, that's maybe... another thing with this episode. Because the first couple times you're in the gym, they're playing that jingle. So it's even more of a horrific gym gym facility than you would think. Because yeah. as you're exercising, you have to hear that. It's like a brainwashing thing almost. Where you yeah. have to hear his goddamn advertising jingle over and over and yeah. over. While and you're I... exercising these other like very large middle-aged fellows. And as yeah. like, oh. a room... And there's the smell of uh, cheap Chinese food leaking from the office. Yes, exactly. Slight slight odor of corpse. (laughs) Yes. Another thing I didn't want to dwell on, because I'm sure that, I know you guys have been doing this a while, I'm sure that you always welcome another chance to say the name Bernard Kowalski. Oh, that's a good name. Bernard Kowalski, you know, he made some interesting movies like, you know, Attack of the Giant Leeches Mm -hmm. and Night of the Blood Beast and... (laughs) And the geographically challenged titled Krakatoa <laughs> East of Java. And that man, if you've seen like Attack of the Giant Leeches or the one where Brother Martin turns face from the A-Team into a snake, that man could really lay on the grime and the sleaze and the sweat. And this is perfect. Yeah. And yeah, giant, just, giant Leeches takes place in a bayou, doesn't it? Yeah. 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 And it's like he—you could tell he was in his element every time somebody in the gym would open a door and stand there for a minute, and a fifty-year-old man in a towel would walk behind him. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, there was somebody. He didn't care about like, yeah, just shirtless old dudes yeah. walking around in this in the back of the shots. It was great. That, that's the Kowalski touch. <laughs> <laughs> so overall, you think it's a good Columbo episode? Yeah, yeah. All right. Sure. Four I. I agree with you completely. Um, this one, yeah, a lot of it is I did not know what to expect of uh, 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 Robert Conroy going in, but I thought he was fine in this. Yeah. It seemed like, yeah, the whole thing, like his different way of acting, I thought worked really well with Peter Falks. He made a really good, creepy, stupid, greasy villain. Mm-hmm. I thought it was fine, and the look of the episode was just so uh, sleazy and dark and small. So yeah, Kowalski did a great job of that. Yeah, I, this is this is one of my uh, favorite episodes. I think this is a good one. I like nice. this. This is a good seventies uh, <clears throat> Columbo. John, yes sir. Uh, what would you rate this? Uh, you know, again, really strong performances. Uh, at least three very strong scenes. Very little in the way of misfires. Yes. Oh, uh, definitely. Like, like you even know, though that there's even the padding in this one is good padding. It's interesting. Yeah, padding. yeah, yeah. We, we neglected to mention it just to give it a, a nod, but the scene where um, uh, Colin Wilcox meets with the accountant that her husband had hired. Oh yes, yeah. No, and that's, even an, that's a good it's scene. It's an incredibly yes. important scene, and yeah. it's it's really Columbo's not in it. The killer's not in it. It's fascinating. But it's still, it's it's kind of subtle and sad. It really is. Which Everything is good. Like, Everything about this was tinged with a certain desperation. Yeah, I didn't. Th- I, oh, that's easy, good. Yes, it's yes. easy to think of Milo Janus as being stupid, but he's obviously a combination of a certain kind of canniness and a lot of self-important pride. Well, no, yeah. the fact that he like re- you see him like uh, he he says the speech to the uh, the murder victim about I've got to maintain my quality. I got to maintain that. But then he repeats the exact same speech to his wife. He's got this very sad patter that he mm-hmm. uses all the time to justify his stupid sad little empire which just yeah. makes him just this really pathetic character which i thought like repeating it word for word both times 
that was a really, really good choice to make. Yeah. So yeah. Lost soul. And, <laughs> yeah. And to look on the bright side, despite the paucity of solid evidence, I'm thinking that at the end he goes away because he'll probably insist on representing himself. Yes, probably. That's a good possibility. Yeah. yeah. Well, if he's if he's like any other kind of sports or athletics promoter, he's fine. Uh, he'll get out of it. He'll get out of jail easy. Yeah. Pat Harrington is going to sing like Pavarotti. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. That guy, hey, That's yeah. what Harrington's role is. He's a weasel. He's going to throw him under an 18-wheeler, <clears throat> get in it, back up, and roll him over it. No, he's a weasel. Given his past, <laughs> given his past like, uh, uh, legal problems, yeah, he'll probably just, yeah, yeah for sure. So, so uh, you know, I, I, I was going to make my rating uh, the number of X-rated horror movies out of 10, <laughs> but... You have encouraged me. You've encouraged me by reminding me of the beautiful background activity within the Milo Janus Health Spa. So I'm willing to give this one, which might seem a high rating, but just for the excellency of some excellence of some scenes, I'm going to give it nine naked white guys in towels walking around in the background out of ten. Oh, good! Very That's nice. wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just going to say this as a big, big, big Rockford Files fan. I have to confess, the gratuitous Gretchen Corbett bikini scene made my nine-year-old self very happy. I wanted That's... to get someone to confess. Yeah, she looked yeah. okay. She looked okay in that. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll say she looked okay in the bikini. It was an unexpected thing to see. Like, oh, oh, oh they're doing that. That's a All lot right. of bikini. Yeah. Yes, yes. Well, actually, a little bikini yeah. and a lot of Gretchen. She's gonna need some therapy after she finds out what. Milo Janus is, but she'll be right. Fine. Yes, actually, you know what? Uh, thinking about it, it's like the last episode uh, we did. Uh, we we kind of figured that um, McGowan was going to get out of whatever legal trouble, but his political career was finished. This one, even if Janus gets out of this legally, they're going to start investigating all the financial stuff. Even if he gets out of the murder, his his life and his career and everything else is pretty much completely crushed. Because yeah, they'll start true. going deeper, so it's got me thinking. Like a lot of these Colombo episodes, even if they don't get nailed in the murder, their lives are ruined and destroyed. So maybe and that's, that's sort of yeah. maybe that's sort of the thing to look for and hope that's for true. and cross that's our true. fingers. We, we still had a concept of shame in this country in 1974. That's <laughs> right. Yeah. Now, except, no. except Pat Harrington. Look yeah, how exactly. He <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right, well, uh, Philip, thank you very much for doing this with us. It's been a very, very fun thing. Uh, if folks uh, want to see what you're doing these days, want to read what you're writing, where should they go to do God so? Knows. I'm just watching. <laughs> you're not selling yourself very well. No, that's that's not what I do, sir. I have integrity. Okay, well, never mind. I have a lot of time to watch Hulu. <laughs> All right. Nothing you want to plug? Eh, um... I'm I'm going to plug uh, something for you. I think folks should follow Phil's uh, Phil's Twitter account for some very adroit observations on entertainment and culture. Well, there we go. And what is that, John? I don't remember off the top of my head. Oh my god! Because <laughs> I'll link it up. But the thing is, you know, it's a Twitter account. You click follow, and then you're done. Yeah, but what what is the actual thing they should search for? It's what maybe maybe perhaps Phil should know what it is. Phil, what's your Twitter? <laughs> Phil, what's your Twitter handle that people Try should follow? Illusion and see what happens. I got All it. right, there yeah. we go. And uh, if you if you want to read my observations about the uh, the flooding of New Orleans. Look for the excellent University of New Orleans Press Anthology. Please forward. Oh, good. No, that's a wonderful yeah. thing. Oh, that Yes, perfect. definitely, folks. Do that. Uh, yeah. John, uh, we just did this two days. I mean, we did this two four weeks ago. Did everything since then? 
Because we did uh, record two episodes in one week, I meant to say. Yeah, no, nothing. Nothing's new. Yeah, Thanks nothing's new. Asking. Nothing's new for me either. I got nothing else. <laughs> nothing's going on. All right, well, that's the program for this time around. Uh, if you want to listen to us, new episodes or old, uh, you can listen to us at jomtpodcast.com or go to the podcast section of iTunes, go to the uh, TV film category or whatever sort of podcast app you listen to these fake radio shows on. Uh, we also uh, always publish updates on Twitter at JMT Podcast. And if you want to follow us on Tumblr, uh, we repost uh, other folks' Columbo things. Uh, John posts uh, really great uh, screen caps from the episodes and further thoughts that we may have forgotten to talk about. And that is, as you may have guessed, JMT Podcast on Tumblr.com. Uh, but that's it. Uh, that's the program this time around. Thank you for listening. Uh, we'll be back with another one, hopefully pretty soon. I'm RJ White. I'm John Morris. And uh, we'll, we'll talk to you later. Thank you. Oh, listen, just one more thing. Well, that was a that was a fun episode. I enjoyed that one. How do how do you like it, RJ? How do I what now? How how would I like yeah. the episode? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one we just recorded. What what did you think? Huh. Well, let me check. Uh, let you uh let you check what? Let me just. All right, here we go. What do you what what do you um? Oh, oh, RJ, no. I'll have the information needed in just one moment. Uh, you don't. You don't really need. Uh, the future, John. Isn't it a thing of wonders? Mm. So, so did you like it, or I'm printing your hard copy now. Mm. All right. I, I think it's. Um, oh no. Okay. It's it's still going. Mm. Yes, the future of computing, right here in the palm of your hand. In the uh, in the palm of your hand, huh? Uh, well, a very large hand. Oh, oh, there we go. There we go. Finally warmed up. All right. Uh, How oh. did I enjoy? Oh God. Joy. Enjoy the mm. show. And mm. enter. All right. So, so you like the printer scene a lot, I gather. If you'll just give yeah. the machine one moment, sir, it'll have all the information you need. Sure. You, you wouldn't happen to have the, the number of a good suicide prevention hotline, would you? Yeah, I could look it up for you in the machine here after I'm done with this. No, 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 thank you. No, no, thank you, no. I think it's over.